Rudy doo doo doo. Yes, and good morning. I am Stacy. I'm Coulter. And this is. Any crime at all? It sure is. Okay, you're done. Okay. Hail and welcome, my friends. Um, today is going to be another rough one. It is part two of Einsatzgruppen. Um, how, what did you think about the last one, Colt? Okay, before I get into that, <laughs> I just want to give a kitty warning beforehand that there may be cat noises during this episode because this is when they chose to wake up. Yes. And unlike any cat ever, Loki slept all night. So, yeah. that's weird. They're usually nocturnal, but whatever. Um, anyway, so, the last one. Yes, what did you think of the last one? Uh, the last one was brutal. This uh, one's going to be worse? Yeah, for sure. I, I know I, I know a lot about this stuff, so mm-hmm. I wasn't really surprised by anything. Just the Reinhard Heydrich thing, how, Just, how early on he was assassinated. Yeah, yeah. That thing I did not know about. Yeah. But, uh, what surprised me was how flustered you were. Yeah, that surprised me too. You've been talking about this since the moment I could hear. So I, remember, yeah. I remember being in the womb and you going, Hail Hitler. <laughs> oh, come on. No, I'm joking. I've <laughs> never hiled that motherfucker. <laughs> um, um, can I just say, too, that the Pope is visiting Canada? He's visiting all the... Uh, um, the First Nations The reserves. indigenous, yeah, First, Na- First Nations reserves because of the... Um, uh, residential schools and uh, because the, of the tragedy that is the residential schools. Exactly. Yes. Because yes. they're coming to apologize. Yeah, and I mean, really, too little, too late, motherfuckers. And today, actually, That's all he, I can say, he's at the reserve right next to us. Yeah, and uh, an apology is going to do fuck all. I say. Just as Nazis were hunted down 60, 70, 80 years later, let's hunt down these priests and nuns who killed these babies and imprison them as well. That's my take on it. Yeah, because they, well, they hunted them down. Yeah, they sure did. It was cold. They stole them away from their families. They were assimilating them. Signed by who was supposed to be the great... Sir John A. Macdonald. Yeah. Was the document was called Ooh. the document was called The Final Solution to the Indian Problem. Yep. So it's which the same thing. Totally relates to what we're talking about today. Such a black mark on Canada. And I I love the country of Canada. We have everything here. We have lakes and mountains and rivers and sub deserts and plains and we're just it's it's a beautiful, beautiful country. And this is just such a black mark on us. When I took my Aboriginal beliefs classes, I lost any bit of patriotism I had. I was just like, nope, fuck it. Because it's still going on. There's still reserves without water. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's disgusting. Like, the suicide rates. The Yeah. I... I have I lost all patriotism and the generational abuse and addiction because of because of colonists and because of these residential schools and they were kidnapping children bringing them to these schools to assimilate them into Canadian life 
No, 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 no. The white man should have been assimilated into Canadian life. There was life here long before we ever got here. Okay, I'm going to get really pissed off about this. Yes, because... So let's end it right there. Th this is something we should do some episodes on. Oh, we're going to. I have a giant book on this, and I'm going to get into it, but it's going to be a, a lot. And I'll be chiming in a lot in that a one lot. because I know a lot about this yeah. stuff. All right, so Einsatzgruppen Part 2. I'm going to, again, give you a blanket trigger warning. This is not a pleasant subject, and it's going to be a rough one. It's, it's a lot more graphic. This episode is going to be a lot more graphic. Okay? Because I don't want anything sugar-coated. I really don't. I want everyone to know exactly what these fucking barbaric pieces of shit did. It's sickening. And we can't sugarcoat it because I'm cutting back on sugar. So Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> but up bum Uh... And the last thing we need is for something like this to happen again. So it needs to be said, and it needs to be heard, and it needs to be real. All right, so Einsatzgruppen Part 2. <clears throat> Pardon me. Now, we went over the role of the Einsatzgruppen in Part 1, how they were shooting Jews and other quote-unquote undesirables, according to Germans, and burying them in mass graves. I should correct that. Not according to Germans, according to the German government at the time. These poor victims would be stripped of all wealth, jewelry, money, etc. But they were also ordered to strip naked and wait in line to be executed. First, the dehumanization of being rounded up and shipped like livestock. Then, the embarrassment of being naked and ogled. Yep. Then, the psychological torture of waiting to be murdered while you watch your friends and family being killed. This is more horrible than any fictional story anyone could ever possibly come up with. In my mind, anyway. And I just want to reiterate this again, like I did last episode. Sure. This was only 80 years ago. Yep. Only 80 years ago. Yep. It's disgusting. Like, in the, in the whole... When you look at all of time, mm -hmm. 80 years is nothing. Mm -mm. No, it's a snap. Yeah. Snap of your fingers. Okay, now I'm going to move on to Babi Yar. I'm not going... I'm going to go into this. But I think anyone and everyone should look up Babi Yar and read about it. This was, slash is, a large ravine on the northern edge of the city of Kiev in Ukraine. This is the site of a mass grave of victims of Einsatz Group C. The group entered the city and within a 36-hour period, some 34,000 Jews were executed. In 36 hours. So that's almost a thousand an hour. Mm -hmm. And remember, at this point, they're shooting them. Wow. The Jewish people, communists, etc., were rounded up into small groups, stripped naked, and marched to the ravine where they were machine gunned, their bodies falling into the ravine. Their bodies were then covered over with dirt. Some victims were still alive as they were buried. Babi Yar became a killing ground later for Soviets, gypsies, and of course more Jews. 
By the end of the war, it is speculated that 100,000 bodies were in that mass grave alone. 100,000 bodies in a mass grave. You can look up how big the ravine was. Is Was. Did they, uh, they ever dig that up? Yes, they did. And did they give proper burials? Uh, well, yeah, they tried to. As much as they I could? Mean, they didn't know who anyone was, but... But, you know, like, not just, like, a bunch of people in one mass grave. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. I, I, I think they dug it up, but, uh, just recently with the Russia's war on Ukraine... Russia bombed that site. And oh, it, really? It's a, it's a commemorative site, obviously. That's wild. A I memorial. did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either until I looked I haven't it. been following that as much as I maybe should be. I really haven't been either as much as I should be, but it's just so... With me looking up this stuff, I don't want to look up more yeah, there's, anguish. There's a lot of horror in your life. <laughs> yeah. Now... Einsatzgruppen B, C, and D felt that they could not murder every single Jewish person, per person so they rounded them up and forced them into ghettos. Uh, everyone knows about the Warsaw Ghetto, I'm sure. Yes, where my friend's, uh, my friend's grandmother was. That's terrible, eh? These ghettos were rampant with disease such as typhus, lice, rats, and starvation. These three groups even went so far as to write letters to Berlin saying that most of the skilled laborers were Jews. So wouldn't it be better to just work them to death? Then the Nazis get free labor and still a gradual liquidation of that race. Isn't that disgusting? That's like These a, are humans. Uh, you, you don't even do this to horses. I just don't get prejudice. I, I really don't get it. I, Right? We're just all pieces of meat. That's the way I look yeah, at it. Yeah, we're, we're all, all just meat suits. The higher-ups disagreed, and the quote-unquote second sweep, as coined by historians, commenced. These killings lasted from December 1941 until summer of 1942. On December 18, 1941, Heinrich Himmler had a meeting with Hitler. Himmler asked what should be done with the rest of the Jews in the East. Hitler said, quote, exterminate them as partisans, unquote. According to Yehuda Bauer, an Israeli historian, this is significant because this is the closest to an actual order for the Holocaust that came directly from Hitler. That is crazy. Yeah. Now, Himmler may have been asking how the Jews should be killed as there were extermination camps at the time. However, with Hitler's broad answer, the Einsatzgruppen were able to keep murdering whole populations with the excuse that they were partisans. <clears throat> Pardon me. Now that Einsatzgruppe A had murdered all the Jews in their area, they moved on to Belarusia to help Group B with their grisly tasks. Einsatzgruppe D was also busy at this time, as they had entered the town of... Okay, this is a rough one, and I, I'm, I'm not Russian, so... Dinep Propotrovsk. I'm so sorry, I just butchered that. And from a Jewish population of 30,000, Group D had murdered all but 702 in only four days. Holy shit. Yeah. Just 
it's so unfathomable. So this is where I have to tell you that in 1935, the Nuremberg Laws came into effect. These stated that anyone with at least three Jewish grandparents were to be considered Jewish. Well, the Einsatzgruppen and its commanders took it upon themselves to lower that to just one Jewish grandparent. Members of the Einsatzgruppen tried to justify these mass attacks, these mass murderers, sorry, as getting rid of potential Jewish partisan attacks. One SS officer wrote to his wife. Wouldn't that make them like one sixteenth Jewish? Yeah. Once, am I, do I have that math? Uh, I don't know. You're the math dude, but I would think so. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Well, not, it could be one eighth. Yeah. So I am going to step in here. All this was done under, it was called Operation Heydrich because of Reinhard Heydrich. There was a lot of speculation that he was Jewish, part Jewish. Really? But he had such the Aryan look, the blonde hair, blue eyes. That they just bypassed that. Because he was like the model of what they wanted people to look like. So his real name was... The quote-unquote master race. His real name was Heydrichberg? Yeah, something like that. Heydrichstein. Okay, so this is the letter from the officer, an SS officer, to his wife. Quote, As I have said, I am in a very gloomy mood. I must pull myself out of it. The sight of the dead, including women and children is not very cheering. But we are fighting this war for the survival or non-survival of our people. You back home, thank God, do not feel the full force of that. The bomb attacks have, however, shown that the enemy, shown what the enemy has in store for us, if he has enough power. You are aware of it everywhere you go along the front. My comrades are literally fighting for the existence of our people. The enemy would do the same. I think that you understand me. As the war is, in our opinion, a Jewish war, the Jews are the first to feel it. Here in Russia, wherever the German soldier is, no Jew remains. You can imagine that at first I needed some time to get grips on this. Unquote. The same SS officer wrote to his children on October 15, 1942. Quote, I have already told you about the shooting that I could not say no here either. But they've more or less said they finally found a good chap to run the administrative side of things. The last one was by all accounts a coward. That's the way people are judged here. But you can trust your daddy. He thinks about you all the time and is not shooting immoderately. So that's our life. Unquote. That's, uh... Disgusting? Fucking insane. Yeah. Sure is. Like, it's one thing to write to your wife about it, but... Your kids. You can always trust your daddy. (sighs) Fuck. Okay, so locals from the cities and towns were continuing to help kill uh, Jewish people. For instance, in Ukraine and Belarusia, there were 20 volunteers for every one Einsatzgruppen member. Oh my god. Yeah. Yep. 20 volunteers for each one? Yep. How many fucking volunteers were there then? That's how bad the anti-Semitism was too. 
Do you happen to know how many members there were? I know yeah. you probably don't. That's probably no. impossible to it's, know. Yeah, it's impossible to figure out. Okay, so I'm going to read... Uh, it's kind of a long quote here, but it's going to explain a lot. Quote, oh, this was Alfred Rosenberg. I was just about to ask, what is this? Uh, the following reporters from... Oh, no, Gerhard Aaron, an official from the Minister of the East run by ardent Nazi Alfred Rosenberg. The report is from January 25th, 1942. Quote, Upon my arrival, there were about 25,000 Jews in the Slonim area, 16,000 in the actual town itself, making up over two-thirds of the total population of the town. It was not possible to set up a ghetto, as neither barbed wire nor guard manpower was available. I thus immediately began preparations for a large-scale action. Oh, I know what that is. First of all, property was expropri expropriated and all the German official buildings, including the Wehrmacht quarters, were equipped with the furniture and equipment that had been made available. Any article which could not be used for the Germans were handed over to the town for sale to the local population. Proceeds from their sale were immediately sent to the finance department in Berlin. The Jews were then registered accurately according to number, age, and profession, and all craftsmen and workers with qualifications were singled out and given passes and separate accommodations to distinguish them from the other Jews. The action carried out by the SD on 13 November rid me of unnecessary mouths to feed. The some 7,000 Jews now present in the town of Slonim have all been allocated jobs. They are working willingly because of the constant fear of death. Early next year, they will be rigorously checked and sorted for a further reduction. The plains were extensively cleansed for a time by the Wehrmacht. Unfortunately, however, this only took place in villages with fewer than a thousand inhabitants. In the rayon towns, all Jews will be eradicated with the exception of all but the most essential craftsmen and skilled workers, after auxiliary work for the East-West movement has been carried out. Since the Wehrmacht is no longer prepared to carry out actions on the plains, I shall concentrate all the Jews of the area into two or three rayon towns. They will work in closed columns only in order to stamp out once and for all all illicit trading and support for the partisans among them. The best of the skilled workers among the Jews will be made to pass their skills on to intelligent apprentices in my craft colleagues so that Jews will finally be made dispensable in the skilled craft and trade sector and can be eliminated, unquote. Wow, that yeah. is alarming. It's I, During that whole thing, the whole time you were reading, you know how I say I always try to put myself in the mind of the killer, right. the evil person? I was putting myself in the mind of the Jewish people. Yeah. Which, is, I can't really No, of do course that. not, but... But even in the little bit that I could, yeah, it was just. Could you imagine waking up every day not knowing is this it? Is this my last day? Yeah. Is this is my last time. And meanwhile, at my, you're my last time looking at my child. Yeah, that and then the ones that were sorted and made to work, their families are already dead. Yeah, exactly. So exactly, and they're they're working willingly. Under threat of death? That's not willingly. That's not willingly. That's completely false. Jesus. Okay, so I just have one more little thing here to read you. Aaron's 
chauffeur describes one of these reductions, quote unquote, as follows. Trigger warning, this is graphic. I was holding a whip, quote, sorry, quote, I was holding a whip or a pistol. I was loading or unloading. The men, children, and mothers were pushed into the pits. Children were first beaten to death and then thrown feet first into the pits. There were a number of filthy sadists in the extermination commando. For example, pregnant women were shot in the belly for fun and then thrown into the pits. Before the execution, the Jews had to undergo a body search, during which anuses and sex organs were searched for valuables and jewels, unquote. So they were pretty much being raped, the women and the men, That's... anally, before they were murdered. And do you really have to beat the children to death? You can't just, just make it quick? Just sick, disgusting. It's... Oh, I, I, just, I can't even. Like, oh. It makes me wonder of those of the SS officers who were just completely against it but felt they had no choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So, General Commissar of Belarus, Wilhelm Kube, makes the following statements in a report dated July 31st, 1942. Quote, It has become apparent during the course of all clashes with partisans in white Russia in both the former Polish and former Soviet parts of the general berserk that the Jews, together with the Polish resistance movement and the Moscow Red Army in the East, are the principal supporters of the partisan movement. Consequently, the question of how the Jews in white Russia should be handled is a political matter taking priority over all considerations about the risks to the economy as a whole. Accordingly, it has to be solved not from economic, but from a political point of view. It's also matter of fact. It's, yeah. it's, not, it's not lives. It's just, it's like business, you know? Like, it's... So unfeeling and disgusting. It's like if Lay's was like, okay, we have to eliminate these 20,000 bags of chips. Yeah. So that these 30,000 bags of chips can now reach the market. It, it, it's just like that. Eh? Yeah. Like. So during, oh. during the extensive uh, discussions with SS Brigade Fuhrer Zenner and the very competent lighter leader or director of the SD... SS commander, Dr. Jur Strouch, it was established that we have liquidated about 55,000 Jews in the last 10 weeks. In the Minsk area, the Jews have been completely eradicated without any negative effect on the workforce. In the mainly Polish area of Lida, 16,000 Jews have been liquidated. In Slonim, 8,000 Jews. Our preparations for the liquidation of the Jews in the Gliboki area were disrupted when the rear army area preempted us, liquidating 10,000 Jews whom we had been due to eradicate systematically without any prior liaison with us. Um, on July 28th and 29th, about 10,000 Jews were liquidated in the city of Minsk, 6,500 of them Russian Jews, for the most part old people, women and children, and the rest Jews unfit for work, who had mostly been sent from Vienna, 
Brun, Bremen, and Berlin in November of last year to Minsk on the Fuhrer's orders. It's all just like this. Okay, I'm going to do a report of how much I baked today. Now, when you sit in the one section, uh, 55,000 in 10 weeks, mm-hmm. I want to put that into perspective for people. Mm-hmm. This is just one tiny part of this travesty. Right. This years-long travesty. Yep. 55,000 Jewish people in 10 weeks mm-hmm. is 5,500 a week. That's... Think about that. It's... You can't even wrap your mind around it. You can't. No. It's impossible to... Like, you're saying these numbers to me and it's... My brain is like... It's not computing. It's ridiculous. It's... It it almost seems... Fictional. Yes, like some... Horrible story someone wrote. Like everyone says about Stephen King being a horror writer, this is like Stephen King times 10 million. It's. Ugh, okay. So, in August of 1941, Heinrich Himmler visited Russia and watched a mass shooting take place. Afterwards, he deemed it too difficult psychologically for his men to endure. Really? Yep. And the ammunition was just too costly. Oh, I wonder what's coming here. Also, the victims just didn't die quickly enough for his liking. Ugh, I, 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 I want to wretch right now. So, to rectify this, Himmler ordered that gas vans be made. These were light trucks or vans that would have a large lockable box in the back. The cab where the driver sat was not changed. Jewish people, mostly women and children, were ordered into the box, then the exhaust fumes from the vehicle was piped in, thus killing the victims. It's, I, it's, 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 uh, every time you say children, for yeah. me, that's what always gets me, the children. Yeah. Because none of these people are guilty of anything but being Jewish, but... Yeah. The children definitely have no sins. No. Of any sort, you know? So this, in the gas vans, it usually took about 15 minutes. They pretty much had it down to a science. This, however, was still considered too slow of a killing method. I was just going to say that that's too slow for them. So in 1942, during the Wanzee Conference, and... I know a lot of you aren't going to know what the Wanzee Conference is. Um, do you know what the Wanzee Conference is? I know what the Wanzee Conference yeah. is. I would say look it up. There's not a lot of records left from it because they tried to destroy everything. But there is some shit left that you can look up. And it's interesting and disgusting. Yeah, and if you are interested in looking it up, look look deep. There's actually a movie about it too. But look deep for some of the stuff. Yeah. Don't just Definitely. do just don't do a simple Google search and look at the first page. No. Look yeah, look deep into it. If you have the stomach for it. <laughs> so in 1942 during the Wanzee conference, Reinhard Heydrich and officials under his command decided to build extermination camps that would house large gas chambers. Okay. So, while this is going on, the Einsatzgruppen tagged along behind the Wehrmacht into more Soviet territories. 
all Jewish and non-Jewish communists were rounded up for quote-unquote deportation. Any person that did not comply was hunted down and shot immediately. The Einsatzgruppen continued to enlist the help of locals, usually police and convicts, and the prisoners would be marched to the quote-unquote deportation site. This was, in reality, the place where they would be murdered. These places were usually prepared beforehand, with shallow graves or larger pits being dug. It was a bonus for the Nazis if there happened to be a naturally occurring ravine nearby, as in Babi Yar. The victims were stripped naked, searched for valuables, and then systematically gunned down. These poor people were buried. If the massacre was large, then bulldozers, oh, they were buried by hand if it was like a, you know, a, a small killing. Yeah. I, I even hate saying that, but... A if, small mass killing. Yeah. If the massacre was large, then bulldozers were used to cover over the bodies. Some victims were still alive when buried, and a handful of victims even escaped after being shot and buried and survived to tell the grisly tales. I've read stories from people who escaped yeah, from that shit. Yeah, I've, I've heard of that. I haven't read stories from them, but I've heard of people who've lived. Could you imagine having that memory? No, I can't. Like... And... that that That's unfathomable. And the most awesome thing is, is that... Okay, no... No disrespect to anyone nowadays, like Gen Z and whatever the generated millennials, Gen Z, whatever you guys are called. Um, these people that escaped this shit went on to lead good lives. They had jobs. They had families. I mean, don't get me wrong. They probably woke up screaming every fucking night. But they powered through, man. A bunch of tough motherfuckers. Yes. They fucking powered through. There were no crying rooms for them. Anyway. <clears throat> now, Coulter, we're going to go over the killing methods. Okay. This is a huge trigger warning for people. I have read, I've read some of these killing methods before. Yeah. So, yes, huge trigger warning. These methods would change based on the size of the city or town and population of Jews therein. If the town slash population was large, the Nazis would establish a Judenrat, a council representing a Jewish community of around 8 to 12 prominent Jews from that town, who would then assemble the Jewish population for quote-unquote deportation or quote-unquote relocation. But they were marched to pits or ravines and gunned down. The Judenrat would be the last to be murdered. That's just torture right there. So it's like, okay, we'll have them decide. Yeah. Yeah. In smaller towns, ghettos would be established. Some Jews would be shot right away, and the rest would be herded into these ghettos, where many died from starvation and disease. Then, from the ghettos, groups of Jews were brought to extermination camps. Now, some of these killing methods I am going over because I want it drilled into everyone's head how disgusting this was. It's one thing to think about, oh, the Holocaust was bad. No, you have no idea how bad the Holocaust was. For some reason, what you just read there made me think of this. Uh, read The Boy in the Striped Pajamas if you can. Oh, that ruined me. It ruined me. Yes, if you, if you don't want to read the book, watch the movie at least. 
But the book is obviously better. But, yeah. Okay, so... Killing methods. The Jews were brought to extermination camps. I'm going to read you these extermination camps. Okay. Kelm, no. Kelm, no. This was the first extermination camp. It was located near Lodz, Poland. Belzec. This camp operated from March 1942 to June 1943 in, again, German-occupied Poland. Sobibor. Now, Sobibor was um, strictly an extermination camp. They did keep some Jews around, and that was just to, you know, fix fences or uh, do away with the bodies. But that's it. They were called Sonder Commandos. Sobobor, the people were brought to this camp and were gassed within hours of arrival. This was also in Poland. Treblinka, another terrible, terrible fucking camp. This camp operated from July 1942 to October 1943. It is estimated that between 700,000 and 900,000 people were murdered here. Also located in Poland. Majdanek is another uh, extermination camp. There were seven gas chambers at this camp and two wooden gallows. Located in Poland, this camp operated from October 1941 to July 1944. Almost three years. Mm -hmm. It was captured by the Soviets very nearly completely intact as proof of the horrible deeds done here. Now, the reason I say this is because Sobobor, Treblinka, and Belzec, as soon as they were done using them, they eliminated them. They blew them up, so yeah. there was no evidence of it. Okay, so now we get to Auschwitz-Birkenau, probably the most famous concentration camp ever. Everybody's at least heard Auschwitz before. Yes, of course. Um... So I put probably the most well-known camp throughout history. This was a labor and extermination camp. It first used two abandoned, bricked-up cottages as the gas chambers, and the victims would be buried in a meadow. But Himmler once went to see one of these killings and deemed this operation too small and too slow, of course. So four new gas chambers were built, measuring 98 feet by 23 feet. Four of them. The dressing rooms, where the people were brought into first, yes. were 162.2 feet by 26 feet. And the five crematoriums measured 98.4 feet by 36.9 feet. The gas chambers were white and had fake shower nozzles on the ceiling as the victims were told that they would be disinfected in these rooms. Around 2,000 people were gassed every day in each gas chamber. So that's like about 10... There was four gas chambers. So about 14,000 in each gas chamber? Yeah. So 2,000 people in each gas chamber, yeah. right? Yeah. So that would be... About 8,000 people a day. 8,000 people a day, about 42,000 a week. 
The crematoriums burned about 4,700 corpses per day. That's about 1.6 million people per year. Yep. And then they were just dumped in the meadow or dumped in rivers and stuff like that. How many people are just nothing now, are just dust now because of these fucking people? Families have nowhere to go to mourn. Nope. Nowhere. Nowhere at all. It, you know, it'd be interesting to go there and just feel the energy. Yes. Just that alone. Yeah. It would be... I feel like it would be staggering. The... The, the negative energy there, but the... I mean, so many of them survived too, so there had to be a little bit of hope. Yeah. You know? Like, from the workers, there had to be that tiniest glimmer of hope. What? What is... Like... I can't... I'm just trying... How do you go on? Like... I don't know. You must... It was before mental health was discovered. Greatly yeah, oh yeah. Or looked into greatly. So these people are probably suffering, like... Oh. In silence. Can you imagine the PTSD? But they didn't, like, it was just like, okay, just, you know, buck up. Yeah. People were like, with that Well, back even back then, then, even in the war, like, the the uh, soldiers, it was just called shell shock. Yeah. So. Okay. So, in even smaller towns, the Jews would be made to dig the pit themselves. Then shot and buried. Sometimes... Jews would be herded into churches or other large buildings, then the structure would be set on fire. And of course, the gas vans that were mainly used to kill women and children by Ansatz Group D, mainly at the Kelmno extermination camp. Now, I did read a couple of, <clears throat> not now, but I'm, I've been pretty obsessed with World War II for many, many years now, and I have read accounts of people escaping from the burning buildings. Um, I've read accounts of people just from, like normal people from the town that weren't Jewish seeing this being done and just, they can't get over the screams. Oh, could you imagine like They that? just hear it for the rest of, they heard it for the rest of their lives. The screams. You don't even take into account the bystanders who had nothing to do with anything. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, the screams, I could only imagine, I'm hearing screams in my head. Yeah. It's, ugh. It's, it's... I don't know... Like, I, I consider Nazi Germany to be the biggest cult ever. Well, not really. That's organized religion, but you know what I mean. Yeah. The biggest uh, cult led by, like, this one madman kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. Um... Boy, he, he, he really got a lot of people. Like, he just, and like Manson, there was no drugs used. There was no religion used. Like, uh, um, Jim, Jim Jones. Jones. He makes Jim Jones look like a bitch amateur. Yeah. Um, there was nothing like that used. It was just his, his empty promises. His, his oration, oratorial skills. His 
charisma, his presence, just all of that had, ugh. like you think about him telling the German people, I'm going to make this country better. You're all going to have jobs. There's going to be lots of space for us to live. And they're like, yes. Oh my God. We, we haven't had this in ages. This is going to be perfect. But he didn't tell them that he was going to kill half their countrymen to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he also didn't say, oh, by the way, I kind of want to take over the world. And, uh, you know, you know, all half your countrymen that lived here once and that I killed all those Jewish people. Yeah. I'm going to get rid of that whole race. Just, just so you guys know. Yeah. He already had them roped in by then. So they were like, well, he must know what he's talking about. Look how good he's done for our country. And it, and they were, they were so desperate after world war one. Yes. For something to believe in something to to hold on to to believe in something to hold on to some livings to make. Yes. Yes. And then the great depression there. Yeah. 1929, like I said in the first one, that did nothing but help the Nazi party. Yeah. So, and I mean, he was giving away money, like cash awards to women for having healthy children, for bringing them to term. Okay? It was called the Mother's Cross. I actually have one of those. Um... But yeah, not he, for he, that. He, no, not for that. Just because it's a part of history, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, you're not that old. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> My first baby was born in '93. <laughs> um, I think you're dyslexic. It was 1939, not 1993. Right. right. <laughs> um, so yeah, he was he was doing all this good stuff, and not to mention the the Hitler Youth who. I mean, they were completely indoctrinated as well, but he was making it fun for them. They they were going to school and stuff, but they also had these amazing outings where they would go through the woods and not really knowing what they're doing because they're so young, but they're being taught to fight, yeah, to survive out there, to hunt. Because eventually, what are they going to be hunting for? Fucking Jews, man. And they're being indoctrinated into this. It's just so wild, eh? Holy fuck. And the fact that, and I say this all the time, he had it completely right for what he wanted. He had the whole country and every occupied country, everybody who answered the phone, and then before they hung up the phone, what did everyone say? Heil Hitler. Yeah. When they answered, and Heil Hitler, before they hung up. And Jim Jones thought he was a badass because he got a few picnic tables on an island. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my God. Hitler was just... Manson was worse. He had like fucking five abandoned buildings at an old fucking ranch. But anyway, I mean, we're joking about it, people, but it's the only way to get through it sometimes. Hitler it really is. Just... Hitler is such a fictional villain. Like, it's... It, yeah. It, it's crazy. It's like... He's like that the fucking Red Skull. I, I, it's probably based on him, well, but... Well, Red Skull was a part of the Nazi party. Yeah, right? But, I mean, like... Yeah. Red Skull, the Captain America villain, by the yeah. way. Yeah. 
He, yeah, he was part of the Nazis, but I mean, like, you put all that on him, sort of. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was a real person <laughs> in reality. Like, oh, it's just unfathomable. And yeah, so um, please, people, look up Babby R. B A B I Y A R. And look up the onesie conference. If you have the stomach for it, you know. Um, even if you don't have the stomach for it, try. Because it's a part of our disgusting, dark history. And it should not be forgotten. Because if we do not learn from the past, we are doomed to repeat it. As yes. the old phrase goes. Yeah. And I don't want that something like this repeated, man. Oh, I, who would... There's no room in this world anymore for prejudice. We are all the same. We're all the same. We're all fucking meat and blood inside, and that's all that matters. That's it. Yeah. Love everyone, man. Fucking say hi to everyone. Be like Canadians, man. We walk down the street and we're like, hey, how's it going? To just random people. That's Do not that. all of them. No, well, that's the Canadians. That's the perception. That's the perception, and that's the Canadians that I surround myself with. That's the kind of Canadian I am. I only speak to Haitians, so... To Haitians? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. That's nice. Um, do they, don't they speak French? Like, I don't think you have enough French <laughs> to speak to Haitians. I say, I say, bonjour, bibliothèque, voulez-vous, you know? I do what I can. <laughs> He said, hello, I library. <laughs> I didn't say they liked me. I just surround myself with them. <laughs> Mange la merde. <laughs> that means eat shit, by the way. Um, okay, so I think this is probably a good time to end this. I'm so sorry I'm stuck on hello and library. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So, um... There is going to be a few more parts to this because I do want to go through the uh, concentration camps. Um, but either Thursday or Friday, we're going to have a, a break episode or something. A, a little more lighthearted. Yeah, I'll, I'll be doing something. I'll put something together to give you guys a break from this horror. Horror, he said, by the way, not horror. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Uh, I think we'll end it there, yeah? Yeah, yeah, that's enough for today. (laughs) All right. Yeah, it was a rough one today. Sorry, guys. Uh, But, uh, you know, love one another. Be cool. And uh, we love you guys. And we'll be seeing you soon. Do you want to say bye, Coulter? Bye, Coulter. Isn't he funny? Okay. Love you. Bye.